This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. People of Power, it is 7 minutes past 10. The sound in your ear is Power 98.7 and the voice is Lukonam Goon. It is a Thursday. Bright and beautiful, just probably not as hot as we would think, you know, um, because winter is here. It's with us. It's not going to let us go. Uh, we bring you Thought Council this Thursday morning, and as always, uh, we've got an interesting uh, panel. Uh, some of my guests will have to leave early, but we'll get to that when the time comes. We talk police brutality this morning, and I am joined on the line by Brigadier Vishnu Naidu, who is the spokesperson for SABS nationally, and Dilek Atkola, IPIT spokesperson, and Temba Masugu, program manager at African Policing Civil um, Oversight Forum, and advocate Mo Africa Maila will also join me on the line. Brigadier Naidu, good morning. Welcome to Power Talk. Very good morning to you and thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you for making the time. Dilega, good morning to you. Morning, Lukona, and morning to Power FM listeners. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Thank you so much. Temba, good morning. Yes, good morning. Good morning to everyone and to your listeners. Thank you for having me. And lastly, Advocate Maila, good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you, my brother, and good morning to Thank you very much. I know Ndilega and uh, Brigadier, I have to let you go at half past. So let me start off with you, Ndilega, because you are the oversight body on uh, policing. Uh, when we talk police brutality, what are the a range of activities that can constitute uh, police brutality? Okay, thank you, Lukona. Just to give you the sort of background and context that is, IP we provide oversight over police, alleged police misconduct. So these cases, they include death of, as a result of police action. Mm. They include people that are allegedly assaulted by police officers. They include sometimes uh, people who have been um, brutally uh, beaten up by police officers. So those are sort of cases that when you come to the IP dog of mandate, we then categorize them as, as, as cases of police brutality where they use excessive force when they are dealing with the people that sometimes lead uh, lead or people end up dying. So sometimes we've got cases where citizens uh, die as a result of being beaten up by police officers. Sometimes they're in custody while the police officers are doing their detective work and trying to get to the bottom of whatever issue or whatever other misconduct that could have been uh, conducted by, by the civilian. So And then the other cases, like the cases that we normally have that become prominent is when a police officer might have discharged a firearm or, or shot a civilian and that would lead to a civilian dying mm. as, a, as a result of police action. So those are cases that we deal with. Then we go ahead as we are mandated by the IPX, we investigate and get to the bottom of any um, of what transpired in the, in the particular crime scene. In terms of the caseload that you deal with from year to year, how bad is the situation uh, according to IPIT? Looking at the situation is, is quite dire. It, uh, it is not a good picture at all. If I could refer to the last statistical report yes. that was uh, given by the minister in to, for, for half-year statistics, Happier statistics that would be a period of six months. Yes. It's not recent, Lukona, but it's going to give you some sort of a picture. So it was for 2019, 2020. Yeah. We had just plus minus 3,000 cases where people were tortured. 
by police officers. And that, that's the highest number of cases that are registered in our system. We also, that one is followed by case, cases of assault. Mm. So police still assault people, they still clear people, they still kick, kick people and do all those uh, sort of uh, unacceptable conduct from, from officers of the law. And those are... Uh, amounts to 1,846 for a six-month six period. Mm. We also have cases where people have been allegedly uh, fired, shot by police officers or that have died because uh, they were, they were mishandled by police officers. And for that particular period, we've got 205 cases for a period of six months and as well as people that die once they are in police custody. Uh, then though for those cases, we've got 115 of them. So it does sort of give you a picture, Lukona, of yeah. how many cases that that uh, that, uh, that we deal with uh, as IPIC. Now, like I mean, these are serious uh, issues we are talking about. Uh, how how good is your turnaround time in terms of dealing with these cases? I mean, let's just work with the plus minus 3,000 cases where people were tortured, for example. Um, have you been able to finalize all of those or it takes a bit more time to actually get to some of these cases? Lukona, it does take a bit of time to investigate uh, police officers. You must understand that when you investigate officers of the law, it is more complex than your ordinary citizen's um, investigation. Officers of the law, they understand the ins and outs of the system. They understand how uh, how um, how people who commit these instances behave after they leave the crime scene, witnesses sometimes get intimidated and other witnesses are not well informed nor understand that they have rights. Mm. So they become intimidated by police officers and other people believe that police officers are a law unto themselves. So it, 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 it uh, affects our investigations. Sometimes we've got, especially in rural areas and farm areas, we've got allegations of relationship between police and prosecutors, which sometimes yeah. also affect our cases. But having said that, our investigators work very hard. They are also now, uh, they understand the, the, the space they operate in, and they remain committed in, in investigating these cases, though sometimes they take longer to investigate. And though, according to the IPDX, there are no turnaround times in terms of saying that a case of assault has to take two months. But I also want to indicate to you that we prioritize cases where somebody has died as a result of police yeah. action. If somebody has died, we are in police custody. If a woman, GBV cases are priority cases. So the other thing that would happen is that whilst we are resource constrained, we would also have to ensure that if our investigators are working on other cases that are less urgent than a woman that has been raped, for example, then they would have to ensure that they, they deal best with those it is those first three categories of cases. Mm. But we're doing our best. We we arrest police officers. They face the full might of the law. They go through the criminal justice system. They get convicted. Some of them are in prison, as speaking, some of them lose their jobs. So we, we, our officers are really working hard to ensure that our with, with, uh, police officers uphold um, the law. Okay. Uh, Vishnu, let me bring you in here. I mean, uh, we often see this pro- police brutality when we are, you know, confronted with protest and there are cameras, it can be captured and so on, or we are part and parcel of the protest themselves. But there are also other issues. I mean, when we talk assault, where you just see a police officer seeing somebody in a town, and I've seen this in one town, a police officer just slaps somebody, and then when you try as a citizen to stand up and say, no, 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 but 
But you can't be doing that. You just talk to people and then they will be like, no, but we'll arrest you too. Um, what are you doing as, as subs to uh, create a new culture of policing? Because it seems as if there is something within the institution of policing that um, has perpetuated a culture of just uh, wanton brutality towards citizens. Um, yeah, thank you for that uh, for that question. Um, let me just firstly say that um, you know all our police officers are expected to conform to the SAPS code of conduct. Not mm. only are we guided by the constitution of the country, but our code of conduct is very clear that uh, our police officers must treat people with dignity. We must treat them with respect and so forth. But um, when you come to a situation. Uh, If you look at the police and the nature of the people that we have to deal with, there's a very fine line between the use of force and the excessive use of force. Now, clearly, the the scenario that you have outlined there, where you see a police officer slapping somebody, Mm. that is that on face value is totally unacceptable. It's not something that uh, the police management will tolerate nor condone uh, in the SAPS. Because, like, we, like I said, the con- our, our code of conduct is clear on how people should be treated. Now, um, coming, coming to the, 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 the matters where uh, cases are reported yeah. uh, for, and where IPED is mandated to investigate those cases. Now, IPED will conduct the investigation, and uh, more often than not, after the preliminary investigation, when uh, they reach a point of the investigations where they can make recommendations to police management on how we can take such matters forward departmentally. They will send us a report and make recommendations on those report, on, on that report. Now, we will then conduct a departmental investigation to, to determine whether um, a disciplinary uh, uh, you know, action must be taken against uh, such members. And I can tell you, without fear of contradiction, over the years, we have dismissed several of our police officers that were involved in criminal activities, corrupt activities, in whatever form or nature of crime they may, may have been involved in, mm. they get a fair departmental trial. We go through a fair departmental process, and if members are found guilty, and if the pen- penalty warrants it, members are dismissed from the organization. We don't tolerate such members. You would uh, you Just yesterday, we had a briefing to the Portfolio Committee on Police on uh, on discipline management within the SAPS, mm. and we show that there is accountability by our members. Members have been dismissed, and we, we're not going to keep members in the organization that's continuously bringing the organization into disrepute. Since the National Commission has taken office in November 2017, apart from implementing the turnaround strategy of the SAPS, is also in the uh, concurrently implemented the cleanup campaign of the SAPS, which yeah. saw the dismissal of members right from the level of lieutenant general right down to constable. And how many charges. people are we talking about here, Vishnu? Well, um, l- l- when investigations started, particularly on corruption, right, uh, we, we dismissed um, in a region of about 50 members mm. uh, since, uh, well, since the um, disciplinary process began in July last year. But over the years, when you, if you're talking about police brutality specifically, yes. not, not where members have responded to a particular crime scene and uh, where they have uh, been convicted for exceeding 
the 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 the, use the, of the force. boundaries of the law, mm. or they, they they use excessive force. I'm I'm not talking about that. Where it's clear cut police brutality, we have dismissed members on that because we never tolerate that type of behavior. Where I, I, members have have used um, excessive force, for example, the the killing of an innocent bystander in Kauteng in in Brampton recently. Recently, four of our members were immediately arrested. They're going, they are going through both the departmental processes as well as the criminal uh, processes. And we, each one of us, for every action, there must be a reaction and there must be accountability. Now, Vishnu, there's no doubt in terms of public order policing flowing from the Falam Commission report and then now the report uh, tabled by the minister a few weeks ago uh, from a, a panel of experts that there is work that needs to be done in how we confront you know, uh, citizens or how we handle uh, citizens. I've always wondered, I mean, even just the, the, the reliance on rubber bullets as a, almost a first port of call for some officers when they are doing public order policing. Are there things that you are re-looking at because we now know rubber bullets can be actually very dangerous and kill. Yes, indeed. There are, um, there are, uh, there's a standard operational procedures on, on how uh, our members are expected to, to respond to, to such uh, incidents. I just want to say to you, you know, in the 2019-2020 financial year, we had over 11,000 uh, um, uh, protest actions mm. of which over 3,500 of them were unrest situations. Now, we are talking about situations where uh, there's, there's violence um, uh, being perpetrated by the, the protesters, where property is being damaged, where the police are being attacked and so forth. Now, each situation, if it, uh, if it, uh, and remember, police have to police all protest actions, whether mm. it's peaceful, because you'll never know whether a peaceful uh, protest action is going to result into yeah. a... Um, into a, a violent protest action. So the police have to respond to every one of them. And 11,000 would give you an idea of uh, the, the resource uh, that uh, such protest actions demand from the police, both manpower, uh, uh, physical resources, and so forth. Uh, but that is our mandate. We have to respond to them. And when we do respond to them, there's no way a, the police is going to be responding to a protest action that is violent, where property is being damaged, and so forth. Because the Constitution is clear that we must, we must combat crime, we must investigate crime, and we must protect the, the sovereignty of the state. So we can't allow people for, to undermine, publicly undermine the sovereignty of the state. And our police officers have been trained, like you said, since 2016, since the, since the panel of experts have been, um, was established in 2016. We spent oh, nearly, nearly 600 million rand on the development of a public order policing, both in terms of training and in terms okay. of resourcing. Vishnu, yes. just please hold and my guests, I'm going to come back to you just after this short break. You're listening to Power Talk, 9 a.m. to noon. Indeed, 23 minutes past 10. If you've just joined us here on Power 98.7 and the line to dial is 0861-987-000. Just getting different perspective on police brutality. Temba, let me bring you in on this conversation. You've listened in on IPID and uh, SAPS as well. Are you, are, you, are you convinced that enough is being done to try and avert these incidents of police brutality? No, thank, thanks, thanks a lot for, for your question. Um, it, it, it's not always easy um, from someone who's outside, uh, someone who, who sees these things happening mm. over and over and over again. 
that um, there are there are really uh, strong efforts that are being put to address this issue. I mean, the the states, for example, around torture are kind of shocking because one would have thought the issue of, of torture of suspects is something that can only be located pre-1994. That is something that would not have happened in our, in our democracy, particularly mm. uh, 25 years into democracy. So it, then it raises questions around the extent to which um, the issue of misconduct of police officers is adequately addressed within the organization. Yes, uh, there is states um, like which is, is, is that 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 which is that is which is pointed to that speaks to um, number of police officers that have been um, are removed from the organization. Mm. But the but the very fact that there are these systemic issues in the organization that continue, um, it almost uh, continue to put a, a almost like a um, a black spot on the efforts that are that are being that are that, are, that in the organization, um, and the extent to which those are being addressed. You know, the, the, the issue of public trust is very important. Mm. We need to trust the police that um, when a suspect has committed a crime, that suspect will be arrested, but will be arrested lawfully. That suspect will not be violated beyond being arrested. So what we see uh, in terms around police conduct, where suspects are even eliminated, even killed during arrest. Yeah. Uh, for apparently no reason, raises raises mistrust around the the, the commitment to completely deal with the issue of uh, police brutality. Okay. Because it it is a, it is it is a, it is a dilemma that police have to confront and uh, confront. Uh, on uh, uh, absolutely, Tim. But the line is zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero. If you want to join in on this conversation, Advocate Myla, I mean, you have dealt with uh, issues of you know clients that have suffered at the hands of police as well. Um, your take really on this question of police brutality uh, for me would be: What is it that needs to be done? Um, I believe that uh, there is a lot that needs to be done. To a large extent, let us begin by saying people, the entire South African populace or the majority of our population have lost confidence in the South African policing because of the treatment they get, especially in townships, in black communities. Policing is brutal. We have seen it happening everywhere in the townships. We've seen it happening in churches. We have seen it happening to innocent people, whereby the police have been brutal, unnecessarily so. I, I, I have a very extreme and a radical suggestion. I believe that we must disband the so-called SAPS, do away with it and start a new institution. As much as we want, disband the scorpions. Mm. And we were done with it. We started the hawks. Because we saw that that was not working. Right now, I believe that SAPS is not working. They kill people year in, year out. They arrest people heavy-handedly, not following the law. We are talking under-trained. 
majority of our SAPS are undertrained in communication, in the law itself, including in the functionality of their offices. So therefore, we cannot lie. There is a serious need of addressing the proper policing in South Africa. And the easiest way to do that is that we must disband SAPS. Mm. Because we talk about people who come into a church, shoot at an old woman of 62 years old, be excited about it, swear at people in the holy place, and be fine with that. Go and look at people who are protesting, not banning anything, who are standing on an open field that is not even a dustbin, and want to tell those people to shut up and shoot at those people. Okay. What is that? That yeah. is the kind of policy we are having. Advocate Myla, let me bring in Vishnu to respond before he leaves. Vishnu, uh, I mean, there is this issue, uh, it keeps coming up. Police tend to police across uh, the citizenry differently, differentiating, especially along color lines. We saw this most uh, prominently around Fismas Fall, for example, where um, uh, uh, white students could form human chains because they felt that police would not brutalize them as they would brutalize uh, black students. How do you respond to that? Well, um, there's, there's no denying from the, the comments the, the advocate has made. There's no denying we, that we have uh, amongst us uh, police officers that, um, you know, exceed the boundaries of the law. There's the, like I've indicated, I mean, I can never deny it after having said that we have dismissed members for exceeding the, boundary of, the boundaries of the law. But what I must say is that we must treat every case on its own merit. We, must, we cannot paint all police officers with the same brush because, for, for example, our prisons today are popping at their seams because there are police officers that are doing very good work. They are arresting criminals. They're taking them to the criminal justice process and incarcerating those criminals. But where our police officers are acting in a manner that's unbecoming of our prescript, of our code of conduct, then those police officers must be dealt with. But I mean, the, the systemic issue, Vishnu, being that, you know, some will even verbally abuse citizens, which is quite a common thing, that is, if they feel entitled to do that. Yes, I, 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 I understand that. But the thing is, there must be consequence management, and which I'm saying is in place. There is that consequence management. We are, we are talking about, in the region of over 140,000 police officers, and you're getting police officers in the region of about between two to three thousand of them that are like the cases that Indeleka has, uh, has highlighted yeah. to you. Um, this is over a period of time. They are sitting at the figure of three thousand uh, police officers that are being investigated. Not, not that they have been found guilty because remember, okay. those allegations still have to be tested. Vishnu, you know? unfortunately, yes. I've run out of time for news and I know you have to go, but thank you so much for making time. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, thank it is half past ten. Nine a.m. to noon. This is Power Talk on Power 98.7. 26 minutes to the hour 11. I've got another guest here, former SRC president at Vits, uh, Kifens Mkari. Good morning. Welcome to Power Talk. Uh, peace be unto you, Likwana, your listeners, your guests, and everybody else. And thank you so much for having us uh, this morning. I mean, Kifenza, you have, you have been listening in on, you know, uh, the other guests here on the line. You have experience with police as a student yourself. Yes, indeed. Um, the, the issue of police brutality is quite sad, uh, but uh, it's important to outline from onset that it's a global issue. It's not just a concern in South Africa, but... In the context of our conversation today, I think it's important to just reiterate the stats that uh, last year alone, there were about uh, 
424 deaths as a result of police action. And, um, you know, uh, that's like a 3%, 3 3.6% decrease Mm. from the stats of 2018, 2019. And we can only attribute this decrease to, you know, a lockdown, I guess. But uh, even in that period, we witnessed the brutal death of Collins Koza, uh, Nathalias Julius, as well as Mtogos Zintumba. And this seeks to also address the question of one of your guests who said we must disband the, the subs, the subs, and I don't think that is the answer because when you look at the killing of, uh, for instance, Collins uh, Causa, it was as a result of the South African National Defence Force, and we have seen that uh, this police brutality also ex- extends to the South African National Defence Force as well as private security, uh, more especially in my case where we we we. we as a result of our protest action, the universities unleashed private securities on us, mm. working together with SEBS, and they treated us in an indignified manner. Uh, they brutalized us, they beat us, and all of that. And I think uh, we need to address this issue because if we don't, uh, there is an issue of public trust that happens, especially because the victims of this police brutality tend to be the poor working class black majority, Africans in particular. Because when you look at the protests, for instance, that are held by white people, there's no such uh, brutal actions that you see uh, against black uh, protesters mm. or wherever the law is enforced, even with stop, stop and goes. Because sometimes when you look at this issue of police brutality, we only look at the violence that is inflicted physically. But we don't also look at the other nuance of it, such as when a woman is stopped uh, by police and they ask for her number. Mm. And when she refuses, there is a harassment that happens in that particular case. When police demand a cold drink, that's another form of police brutality. So just to end off uh, yes. my inputs and, and sort of qualify my experience, because I didn't want to tell my experience yes. from a personal level, but from a more nuanced general level, there was a study that was done by Siri um, after the 2016 FISMAS fall. And that study found that the police uh, violated human rights because at the heart of police brutality is human rights violation mm. by unjustified use of force and misuse of permissible weapons in response to a peaceful assembly or against individuals who pose no apparent threat to the police or others. But Givenza, on your on your experience, did you get a sense of accountability? Did you try a report? Was something done about it? No, there, there was no sense of, of accountability. Even in this report that I, I, I was attempting to quote yes. before you, you entered, which was uh, produced by the Socioeconomic Rights Institute of yes. South Africa, it points out that there was no accountability. You know, the problem is that when we report such cases, there is an issue of hyping up the issue in the media and all of that. But when the convictions are made, we don't therefore come and get a report from IP to say, out of that incident of the death of Mtogosis in Tumba, this is what has happened. Mm. And therefore, it creates a situation where there is no accountability at all. And as I said, it is not just police. There's also an issue of private securities. That are brought in to do quasi-policing work. Yes. And and there's no accountability in that regard. But wherever 
uh, we, the students, we seem to be treated harshly even by the media itself and even by the courts to say mm. these ones are violent. They've caused damage to property, they're being charged, they're being expelled and so forth. But when it comes to police, very little is done. Okay, Kifense, thank you very much. Let me take David in Edenville before I get back to Ndilega, uh, who has uh, agreed to stay with us a bit uh, more. Uh, David, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm well, how are you? All good, thanks. I want to comment on the police brutality, actually, um, about what happened at Unity Fellowship Church. Mm. Because I don't know how does the police work at the end of the day. And greetings to you, Luyak, and all the panel which are with you there in the studio and on the line. And then uh, quickly, uh, Lukona, yeah, I just want to say uh, the police brutality, I don't know whether they're fighting with the little good things which we still have in this country. Yeah. Because if you can check very well, these people, even some of them, they are there saving their own personal interest. Because if they go to the place of worship, there is no way they can get the bribe. Mm. So they want the bribe even where it's not necessary for them to get the bribe. Because if you can check very well, they went there at Unity Fellowship Church. They did pass. The pastor went out and tried to speak to them. They didn't even want to look at her. They went inside the church and started shooting. And I heard the, the, uh, 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 the team, uh, 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 from iPad, she said that uh, they're busy investigating. And nothing it has been done even so far because they're keeping on prospecting uh, the Unity Fellowship Church court appearance. Okay. There is nothing which they are doing. Even Brigadine Naidu, he said that they arrest those police. They, they brutally... Shoot the people in the close range. And worst of all, remember Unity Fellowship Church, it's run by a woman. And while she's busy praying, at the end of the day, they shoot people in order to kill people. Okay. While those places like church, it's where people, they can be safe. Okay, David, I hear you loud and clear. And Dilega, let me bring you in on that note, uh, also that I can let you go. But there was also another question, you know, uh, on Twitter from Sintletzi, who was saying, uh, where are police trading colleges? Where do they get trained? I mean, as IPID, do you have scope to also uh, do oversight on the systemic issues that are there, which give rise to this uh, police brutality issue? Okay, Lukona, thank you. Maybe let me start by just clarifying that um, training of police officers is outside the scope and the mandate of IPID. But and would, you, but would you do some oversight on it or you, you, you don't have scope for that? We don't have scope for that. We deal with death in police custody. We deal with uh, death as a result of police action. We deal with complaints of uh, discharge of official firearms. We deal with race, rape by police officer or while somebody is in police custody. We deal with any complaint that has got to do with corruption, systematic corruption matters. It does not include any sort of training. Mm. And just to indicate, Lukona, to, to try and respond to them, to one of your guests and the latter caller, yes. that IP does not communicate. I want to indicate that on a day, on a weekly basis, IP communicates convictions. IP communicates sentencing. IP communicates when police officers have been arrested almost every week. But the interest in terms of media and publicizing that is not, um, they might not get the same publicity as as those cases don't get the same publicity as they do 
when somebody has maybe just died as a result mm. of police action. And then when it comes to the court appearances that are being postponed all the time, I think we still have the responsibility to educate the public that when a case is postponed, now it is outside the, the, the control of IP. We are in the criminal justice system, which is another state entity. But people must understand that yes. IP does not um, does not postpone cases. But if, 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 I, if a matter is before court, just for clarity's sake, if a matter is yes. before court, does IP still carry on with its own work? Definitely. When the matter is before the court, we attend court, our investigators still form part of the process. They work very close with the prosecutors on, on, on cases that are, that, are in, that are investigated by IPID. So we still work together with, with the prosecution team from the NPA. Mm. Okay. Then maybe just, just, just to finalize. Yes. Okay. No, no, you can, you can, you can finalize. All right. Just to finalize. Um, now, to indicate that OIPD remains committed to justice and we act in the public interest. You know, we are, we, are, we are very much committed to ensure that any sort of disgrace or abnormal conduct by police officers, because it brings states into disrepute, into disrepute. whether it has been alleged, whether it has been proven, you know, it has got negative impact on the society as well as the trust and confidence of the people in the entire government uh, system. I also want to appeal to the community that they try at all possible costs to respect the police officers and also to uphold the laws of the land. Mm. Because sometimes community members do not cooperate with the police officers and they do not adhere to the orders. But having said that, it does not give the police officers any sort of right to behave as well outside the constitution. So police officers have a responsibility to uphold the principles of the constitution and when they deal with the people and when they deal with the civilians when they enforce the laws of the land they must ensure that they do so within the ambit of human rights and the human rights be human rights centric in a sort of way and they conduct themselves within their um, sap south african police act and in their code of conduct and uh, yeah so as ip to remain committed we'll make sure that we we investigate and we're and, impartial when we do our investigation and just as a parting so shot delega just as a parting shot as well how accessible yeah. are you where should citizens find you just in case somebody's thinking well in fact i have an ip matter yes okay we have got a toll-free number that we launched towards the end of last year and it's 0800 999 i repeat it's 0800 999 so other people would sometimes go if they have a matter that they need to mm. to report to us they can also get our complaint form on our website which is www.ipid.gov.za okay. and then they fill out the entire complaint and uh, they send to them to the our our email address which is complaints at ipid.gov.za okay. yeah all right Dilega, thank you so much for making time for us this morning Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us, Lukoni. Okay, that's IP spokesperson. Let me go back to the lines. There are quite a number of calls that I need to field. Uh, Cheryl, good morning. Morning, Lukon. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, I just want to comment on, uh, I think Dilega already touched on it. Yes. What, uh, I think it's Brigadier Vishnu said, that the, 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 the responsibility of the police is to uphold the sovereignty of the state. Mm. I want to say as a citizen, it is also their responsibility to recognize my constitutional right as a citizen, as a member of, as a South African citizen. They are not to be bullies against me as a citizen. Mm. I'm talking more so because I witnessed police brutality at Unity Fellowship Church as a member of that church. I was there on the street when they were coming. 
because they've got authority, they've got, uh, they are armed. You know, when someone is armed, you don't really have anything much to say. You can talk, but you will not be able to act. They have more power. But they come with that attitude. And I wish that I can notice such things. Also, I want to touch on what that, uh, the gentleman from the SRC, yes. the SRC said. Brutality extends not only to uh, 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 shooting at people or killing people, even the abuse. What they were saying to the pastor at the church that she has a snake. They were accusing her of witchcraft, swearing at people, they're being verbally abusive. So our police are not only brutal, they, are, they also bully the nation. So are they upholding the sovereignty of the state? Are okay. they even, do you understand? Those things, we need to talk about them. Also, I want to, uh, when it comes to media, media, we don't, don't cover cover everything as it, as it happens. I think we, a media should also cover this brutality as and when it happens. Interrogate it seriously on both sides. We want to know the result. If IPB is saying, well, we are investigating and this and that, can, can they come back with the results? Even for the cases that we know that are highly publicized, okay. we want to know as the citizens. Everyone must be held General in account. point taken. At times, though, the media is not always in real time available. Let me go to Lebu in Tembisa. Good morning. Yeah, morning, morning, and thank you. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah, uh, even me, I have problem with police. Mm. I said, yes. No, no, those guys. You know, in the police station, they meet you. Even to talk to you in the night, say, what can I do for you? Hey, I'm online, Hanke. No, 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 no. When I, ah, man. These guys, I don't know, they are there to work or they are there to, to harass us or what. I don't mm. know. You can't even understand Mamata ECPS or Bajwan. Even on the street, on the street, a very simple thing. A member of a group lane metropolis traffic warden, a controller traffic, and a problem with the motorist, the undermine, and some respect. No, we must to assist him. What about us? No, we must be cooperative. We are ECPS. Actually, they don't know what they are doing. They don't know their job. They don't want to even to assist their own colleagues, not necessarily they're from the different institute, but all of them, they are law enforcers. Either you are a private security company, you are a law enforcer at the end of the day. Yeah. But they can't even work on the the same value. But people are born as SAP, they are better than everyone. Okay, uh, Lebo, I get you loud and clear. It seems as if there is definitely a trust issue. David, Victor, Wiseman, Matimba, and uh, my guests, I'll come back to you just after this short break. Great news. The government has begun its rollout plan for the COVID-19 vaccinations. South Africans over the age of 60 can now go online to register. The web address is http colon forward slash forward slash vaccine dot enroll dot health dot gov dot za. That's http colon forward slash forward slash vaccine dot enroll dot health dot gov dot za. Come on, South Africa. Let's help our elderly to register and help them fight COVID-19. Vaccinate to save South Africa. A message from government. In a world that's driven by numbers, the only number you'll ever need to know to drive away with the best deals on VW Crofter taxis, panel vans, or any other people movers is 0861-VW-TAXI. Our rated number one VW Crofter dealers offer expert advice, fantastic deals, and custom-built packages on VW Crofter taxis and panel vans. And all are waiting for your call. It's that simple. Call 0861-VW-TAXI today. Hatfieldgroup.co.za. Rated number one in service.
Power Talk with Lukon Amuguni. Weekdays 9 a.m. to noon on Power 98.7. Indeed, and you find us on 0861-987-000. Wiseman, good morning. Morning, Lukon. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm fine. Lukon, I mean, uh, I just wanted to say, give me a mushat. Why Tara umulat? Why Lesa umulat? Lukon, I just, yesterday, recently yesterday, I was I was just from uh, Katlohong coming to my home. My car was stoned here by Tepiso. Uh, because mm. of there was toy uh, toying for the lights. Was told my car, like the police came and rescued me. They, took, they fired some warning shot on the air, and the guys uh, ran away. If the police were not there, I could have talked, uh, it could have been a worse scenario. Yeah. You see, uh, another point the corner my house in 2010 was broken four times. And when they caught the guy, he's a young guy, he's 16 years old. And the police recognized this guy and said, you've been for four years I've been arresting you. You keep on saying you're 80, 16. Until those police tortured that lady and that, that lady managed to reveal his 22-year age. Mm. See, that's why I'm saying, Lukona, I second the police. But isn't there, a different, isn't there a different way, uh, wise men, to go about it rather than just, you know, uh, condoning torture? Because that would be really, you know, um, uh, domesticating a problematic culture within policing. But look, on, let's be fair and honest. Generally, people, they don't respect the law. Generally. I've seen that thing when police stop a cranked person, the person is going to question them, where you're searching warrant, who are you, who do you report to. Those funny, uh, insulting uh, comments to the police. Even us, uh, personally, we provoke the police. It is hard to be a police because you need to make a decision within the split of the second. You need to make sure that this person comply with the law. You need to respect his, uh, what you call his constitutional, uh, what you call uh, rights. But at the end of the day, as citizens, we violate our, our own constitution and we disrespect our police. Mm. Thank you, Lukona. Okay, wise man, I hear you loud and clear. Uh, sharing with us there your personal experience. Victor in Soweto, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you, Lukona? I'm well, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm well, thanks. I greet you and the panel and the listeners. Yes, uh, you know, I've also experienced this police brutality myself at Unity Fellowship Church on the 28th of February. So they came there, uh, found us worshiping God. Mm. So when they came there, the corner, they said they were, they were they were responding to a noise complaint. But now my question is, if they were responding to a noise complaint, why didn't they come with machines or instruments to measure the noise level? But instead of coming with the machines, they came armed with rubber blades and they started shooting at us. Four mm. people were injured. So, you know what, they also said that the church was contravening a disaster management act. So my question is to them, if the, it was about any contravention of disaster management act, why, why did they pass the pastor outside? And why did they didn't count people? Isn't that they were supposed to count the number of people who were injured? They didn't count people. They started shooting at, 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 at us, and we were really injured. The other thing is that after they, after they, they went around uh, saying things about us that, that, that we fought them. So at Church Lukona, we never fought them. So we are actually even supporting uh, evidence to show that we never assaulted or do anything harm to them. For okay. example, our services are always online. So you can go there yourself uh, to check the services. It's still there. You can see that we're brutalized. Okay, the, la- the last thing is, is this one. They took equipment from the church. Why did they take equipment from the church? Violent, vandalizing equipment, pulling cables from expensive mixers. And they took equipment even today 
some machines are gone even today. Why? Okay, Victor, I hear you, and I think this matter probably uh, it will be ventilated in court. I'm not too familiar with the case, but I'm of a view that the Unity Church uh, issue is before the courts as well. Uh, before I go to my guests again, Matimba, good morning. Hi, how are you, my brother? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. I just want to understand the level of uh, intellectual on this guy who might be the spokesperson for the police. Something is wrong with these guys, man. Really, these book people, I don't know, man. It's intellectual. Like, you can see that is defending things that are obvious. I mean, you've seen police all over. What happened last year with um, these ESF guys when those, uh, they were fighting with the, those police or whatever that happened. And all this time, black people have been harassed by pro police. You never see police harassing white people because they are scared of that white face. Mm. But it's coming here to defend the police as if, like, like really, something is wrong with these books, people. Really, something intellectually. What are you? What are you disagreeing with, uh, Matimba? Exactly, when what he said. protecting them, knowing very much that they're harassing the they're harassing the public, and not just any public. They're harassing black people everywhere. Mm. If you see in most of these, uh, uh, I understand that there are people who also do like uh, who become violent, but all the time you see anywhere with police, they're harassing black people. Okay. They go to any match anywhere going there to fight, especially only when it comes to black people, and oh. just protecting them. Okay, Matimba, I hear you loud and clear. Timba, let me come back to you. You've been listening in. I mean, there are so many uh, calls on the line to tell the truth. Uh, but the issue of, it seems we still have a problem of police that profile people. Uh, it, it keeps coming up, the harassing of black people. I put it to Vish as well in terms of, you know, white bodies seemingly being treated differently to black bodies generally by police. Absolutely. I think uh, the the phenomenon of, of policing is in South Africa is connected to issues of power, issues of resistance, issues of struggle, um, issues of class, mm. um, the, even issues of race. Um, so, so, so because of that connectedness, the transformation of policing has not moved away fundamentally from colonial policing. Remember the foundation of policing in South Africa or in, even in the African continent mm. was founded in colonial policing where police were created to, to, to protect the state. The existence of the police was never to protect um, me and you, ordinary people. It was, it was purely to protect white interest, colonial interest, um, and, 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 and those in power. Mm. That has moved into our democracy. If you look at, for example, the culture of policing that has not changed, um, the majority um, poor people are disproportionately affected by policing, either over-policing or under-policing. So when you talk of profiling, uh, you get profiled simply by virtue of your class, mm. by virtue of your race. Um, for example, if you look at, for example, the Kailisha Commission of Inquiry, Yes. One of the issues that came out there clearly was the fact that despite levels, the proportionate levels of, 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 of crime in the area, the funding of police was extremely low when compared to more, your more affluent areas. Um, so, so when police are not properly resourced, their immediate uh, reaction is to use is to use force. For example, we've seen in protest. I mean, the the the, the experience of students is that um, when police confront students, the immediate 
a reaction by most police officers is to use force because in most cases they are under-resourced. Mm. Um, but let me just add another issue. Yes, yes, I, I just I, I want to bring the issue of IPID. IPID plays a very important role, but they also need to also admit that they are under-resourced. They do not have adequate resources to deal with the mountain of cases that are coming to their to, 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 their, to their offices. The issue of Marikana, for example, happened in 2012. Yeah. That has not been properly investigated. But properly investigated, that has not been investigated at all. Uh, the Falam Commission recommended um, that the Sintu needs to be uh, investigated. Investigated, yes. That thing too has not been investigated simply because there's no funding for it. Okay, Temba, I hear you loud and clear. The line is 0861-987-000. My guests have agreed to uh, probably stay on and take more of your comments because uh, we do have a bit of, uh, what do we call it, traffic. Is it traffic on the line? Speedy pit. <laughs> okay, Peter, thank you very much. It is 11 o'clock and time for news with uh, Shoki. This is Power 98.7. And now you're listening to Power Talk with Lukon Amguni. 9 a.m. to noon. Taking your calls on 0861-987-000. Six minutes past 11, we enter the final hour of Power Talk this Thursday morning. Uh, we continue to take your calls on 0861-987-000. You've heard of extended meetings before. Now we are having an extended uh, thought council on police brutality because we just have a lot uh, to get through here. But uh, before we do that, uh, I okay, my advocate uh, seems to be uh, not on the line yet, but we'll try uh, get him back on the line because I do want to raise a few questions with him and uh, that have been raised, in fact, as well on Twitter. Uh, just about uh, the do's and don'ts, you know. Uh, wh- how do we know, uh, for example, uh, when a roadblock is legal? That's a tweet from Siache. So I want to talk to Advocate Myla. Uh, just a quick one. I've got a question from uh, uh, Siache on Twitter saying, uh, when do we as civilians know which roadblock is legal or illegal? Because some of these uh, police officers are thugs or thieves. And I want to marry on that. There's also the growing tendency of police in unmarked vehicles. And, uh, you know, they'll flag people down, siren people down to stop on the highways and and all of that. Um, How do I as a citizen get to know uh, what to do and uh, what should I probe with the police uh, if ever I feel bold enough, by the way, because probing police can visit you with a lot of uh, abuse verbally and otherwise? Uh, Necessarily, you I, I, I will advise the citizens to say whenever you are dealing with the police, especially on the matter of safety, if one stops in the middle of knowing in a suspicious area, drive to the nearest filling station, drive to the nearest, the safest area where there is an open, where there is a public that is mm. visible, whatever you will be visible to the public. Because it's hard to tell if we are dealing with real police or what lately, due to one simple reason. There are many of those. There are many of those who are who are there pretending like they are police officers. And the truth of the matter is that some of these roadblocks are not even advertised because mm. these roadblocks it has to be declared officially that there is this operation. Like we know in Houghton there was Okaimolao operation. Yes. We know that there is that happening in the highways, um, uh, uh, so on and so forth. So now. 
yes, so on, so forth. So now, whenever there is just a, in the middle of nowhere operation that you get shocked that there is only one car in a doji in the doji area, it creates a very um, it creates a very uncomfortable situation for citizens. It's some of the things that create uh, the citizens, the, the general citizenry of South Africa, not to have a strong confidence in our police. Why? Because they will just stop you. You don't know if it's a real police or not. Even when they come, they don't identify themselves as police. They just talk to you like, you know, they talk to you as arrogant as they can, as if they want to provoke you so that they can take a stand against you as if you're opposing them. So these are some of the things that need to be dealt with mm. in order to be... Actually, the police need to be educated in such kind of things so that they don't find themselves provoking the citizens in a suspicious way because you find the police stopping you at half past nine at night mm. with unmarked vehicle in a very dodgy dark road. You don't even know if you are safe or not because some, we know, they work with criminals. Now, Advocate, another issue is, has to do with uh, searching, you know, a stop and search type of uh, operation where police just say, yeah, I want to see what's in your bag. I mean, is that permissible? Yes, it is permissible to do that. But remember that where there is a stop and search kind of an operation, it has to be gazetted. These are things that goes with a gazette. They have to be gazetted. It has to be a public knowledge that we're going to have this kind of an operation. You cannot, the police cannot just come out of a blue and stand there and search without any specific, any specific um, um, uh, 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 order or specific um, instruction to say, why are they doing what they are doing? Mm. It is not just an uh, uh, SV1 kind of a thing. It is a legal procedure that has to be done within the ambit of the law. And that is where we are having to challenge the SAPS to abide by the law. Because most of the time, whenever they are doing all these kind of wrong things, it will be because it's an operation that is not officially done, that the police are just gaining themselves to go there and do an operation. We don't even know which police officers are deployed there. They don't even have the names. Lately, they will even be wearing this uh, this baratlav on the face, whereby this baratlavas on the face. You don't know if really this is a true police or what. Yep. So we need to honestly have a way as citizens that we can even be protected from the very same police from doing wrong things to us in the name of operations, because some of these operations are very illegal. Okay, Advocate, let's pause it there. Let me go back to 0861-987-000. Oratilwe, good morning. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, I'd just like to touch on the po- some points that were made, especially with um, the media and yes. the public responsibility that we have. Yes. If you look at what happened, I think, in the previous weeks where we're seeing... Um, the Palestinian bombings and what has been happening to, yes. between Israel and Palestine. You've seen a lot of public outcry and a lot of people speaking out against the government, even condemning such uh, acts uh, that were committed by the Israeli um, forces. And uh, when we come here and we look at South Africa, it's all been silent and mum with what's been happening in our own locations, where, for instance, in Sewokeng and at Midway. And a lot of the public outcry was, it's sacred ground. How can the army um, do that in sacred ground? Yeah. But how can blood be spilled also in church grounds and nothing be said? We all keep mum and silent. And 
the moment that we do that, just because maybe I'm not in that church or I'm not associated with those people, but the crux of the matter is police brutality and it's not being allowed. The moment that you keep quiet, it comes tomorrow to you because we allow such things to grow and fester in our communities and in our societies. So public pressure as well as media publicizing these things are needed all the time. Coming to the point of the IPID um, saying that they released reports and it's been known, um, I think they are, their strategy is just, it's, it's a complete failure because how can public you saying that you are sending out reports, but the public have no knowledge of that. Their strategy needs to change and it needs to be able to reach um, the people that they are sending the reports to. It cannot only rely on public, um, I mean, on media houses to publish their reports, but they also need to make other efforts to make sure that the people on the ground know that the people on the ground are well assured and they can be well rested that they have a place where they can cry to. This also allows for the police to know that we do this, we know that they can yeah. run to that place. Okay. But with that not being there, it's, 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 it's really, um, it creates for the police to do whatever that they want to. So, um, lastly, with um, police brutality, I myself have been uh, um, a victim of police brutality and with uh, it happened in a church place, and for me, I honestly want to say it 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 strips off the 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 the, the what is what do I say the respect that you have for these people. Yeah. And okay. Um, well, I do. Let, the, let's let's leave it yeah. there for now, so that I can go to Kempton Park. Jackie, good morning. Yes. Good. Uh, good morning. Uh, with your guest there. Uh, for me, I think uh, it is important that we need to to balance. At times, yes, police are there is a brutality. Mm. On the other side, uh, communities uh, also don't respect police. Let me make an example the issue of protesters in general. Yeah. Uh, police are caught that they need to protect people who are not protest. Protesters are blocking the road. The media will say, uh, even people will lie to say we have not done anything wrong. Mm. Now, police uh, have to make sure that now, People who need to pass, they want to go to hospital, want to go everywhere. You find that people are asking them to say, you don't do that. There are people who even want to fight police. Yes, some other on white, they don't do that. But other white people who know the law, to say, you want to arrest me, they keep quiet, being arrested. So we need to create this balance. We should not only want to blame police, police. At times, the very same community, you say police brutality. You, 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 you throw stones, everything. Later on, there's a, prob- a problem. You run to the very same police. So police, uh, at times, we put them in a very dilemma, but at times they have to take decisions, as well as protecting both the protesters and other people. Okay. So th- that is my input. Okay, Jackie, I hear you on the need for balance. Before I get back to you, Kifense, let's listen on some voice notes. Uh, good day, Lukona and the Power Talk team. Um, this is Homosa from Wet. I have to agree uh, quite loudly with the advocate talking about the police and the level of brutality. <laughs> the majority of us will never even, I never want to put myself in a position where I ever have to deal with the police because we have been exposed to abuse, physical and otherwise, where a conversation cannot be had because just because you're black, somebody has to speak to you like you're an animal, like you're incompetent or 
incapable of having a conversation. I don't know how that is going to be dealt with. I don't know what kind of training is required to teach somebody to just be human. Mm. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, Mr. Lukona. Mr. Lukona, I distinguish It's not working. We don't have a police system in South Africa. Amaskral, I can describe you places where police are not working. Even in Amaskral, young people sold like peanuts and sweets. You go to Hilbro, it's a normal, drugs, they're flowing. You go to Fosleras, drugs flowing. You go to Topsenville, Bram Fisher, drugs flowing. I have cousins all over those places I'm counting. I see some of them they smoke. We don't have a policing system. Thanks, Lukona. Okay, Kifenza, let me bring you in here. I mean, we've talked about the question around trust on police and so on, uh, but I liked a point that was made earlier that there's a need for public pressure on the system. What is it that people should be doing to try and highlight this issue but bring it to a stand? Uh, well, I think it's important that uh, we keep advocating for accountability, especially from IPIT and the relevant authorities, and we should do this in a organized manner so that it is sustainable. Uh, I'd also like to address the issue of uh, that was uh, mentioned by the fellow from uh, uh, Kempton Park in saying mm. that you find white people willingly wanting to willingly comply with the police. And yeah. that's not true. In fact, white people undermine black police so much. I mean, we've seen with cases of Sangala, we've seen multiple videos on social media where white people undermine you know, a black authority. And this is the consequences of this police brutality because in part what they are doing, they are showing that black lives don't matter. Mm. And by showing that black lives don't matter, you don't expect other races to then respect you as black authority. They will disrespect you. And the consequences are that this results in issues of lawlessness because there's that public trust, but also there's, these other races that disrespect black authority and that's why they can pull out guns in court and start shooting knowing that uh, these people won't do anything to us but there's also an issue of mob justice which results in lawlessness just last week we saw a case of people being killed by a mob justice of which some of them were innocent this is as a result of that trust deficit that has been created as a result of this particular issue of police brutality. So we should not tire from advocating for accountability, advocating for issues of uh, uh, police officials and law enforcement officials being trained accordingly. And in part, we must also advocate that any evidence that is gathered or exported out of uh, torture Mm. should be disregarded in court. So we should not allow a situation where the police can take me into custody, torture me, and then bring that evidence that they extort out of me as submissible evidence into court. It should be disregarded at all costs. And the other issue is that we must keep on conscientizing society on avenues. I like the question that you asked to the spokesperson of IPED to say, if a citizen wants to get in touch with IPED and be able to follow up on matters, how do they you know, get in yeah, touch. I think it. we must never tire in that type of education so that even this issue that she speaks of, that there is reports. Where are those reports being made? How do we follow up? How do we build momentum around those particular reports of convictions that are happening? So I think 
part of that collective effort should be able to assist us in, you know, getting to a point where we deal with this police brutality because it is deeply embedded in our society and it undermines blackness at all costs. And that is the biggest crisis. Here. Loud and clear. Let me go to Gladys and Jemistin. Good morning. Um, good morning, Lukona. Um, yeah, my point is around what the previous speakers have also spoken about uh, on pro- police brutality. Because yes. so, I've experienced it myself hmm. at, at Unity Fellowship Church. And my question would be uh, to the iPad, uh, iPad, um, iPad uh, representative was that uh, if she was here, she was going to um, answer this, was that why do they not oversee the training that the police undergo? Yeah. Why would you not oversee it? It's very crucial to oversee that because you would know, you would act as a quality assurer to make sure that the quality of policing that we are receiving is of high standard. It is, it is of the right standard. And going back to the issue of being harassed and being brutalized and then going back and having the criminal justice system working against you because the police, they know that they can work around the criminal. And, and, and even, even, uh, even, even the IPED representative did say that they know their way yeah, around the, the, the law. And they can work around the system and to benefit them themselves. They will open a case. They will harass you. They will beat you up. They will shoot you. And then after that, a case will be open against you. Why is the National Prosecuting Authority taking their side, wasting state resources on their side, where there is evidence, ample evidence, that these guys, they came in and they wanted to repeat a marigana. Okay. So do, do we have to wait for another marigana to happen until we address this case of brutality? Gladys, loud and clear. Let me go to Mike so that I don't run out of time. Mike, good morning. Hi. Um... You know, I don't uh, defend corrupt or cruel policemen or whatever. Mm. But uh, living in a country where normally corruption starts right from the head, and then uh, that corruption goes down and affects everybody, police are also human beings. Some of them will probably start becoming ah, um, disillusioned and, and, and become become also corrupt. And that is not justified. They, such policemen must be arrested mm. and be punished. But there are thousands of good policemen here who are trying to keep us safe. Mm. Living, living in a country where, as I drive now on the highway, a disguised just stop and take out AK-47 and just rob people. Mm. On the news a few minutes ago, we were listening to a, a lady painfully on the news in Cape Town where her child was being shot in the head and all those kind of things. Eh? And we want to have some sweet, sweet, loving policemen who are very nice. I don't want to live in a country like that. I am saying policemen who break the law must be punished. Yeah. But policemen must do their job, and they must work hard. We now have a, an army of, of, of uh, drug smokers in this country, an army. Not, I'm talking about more than a million drug users in this country. People are sitting in their lavish houses in suntan and smoking, drinking cappuccino there. When they're feeding our children drugs, and we need to have police who are, 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 are respecting those facts. But then, Mike, at the same time, some people make the argument that police are, some police are in cahoots with the people who are actually trading in these drugs. Exactly. That's what I'm saying to you. Such policemen must be apprehended and be punished severely. There were, there were three policemen who once, I don't know if you remember, they were once sentenced to about 200 years or something, some years ago. Mm. They were involved in drugs. But the blanket to say, no, let's cover them generally. All police are corrupt and and all police are cruel. Police, there are many policemen who are doing a good job. With it, and I want them to go on doing a good job. Okay, and Mike. for the person who are saying 
SAPS must be demanded. He must go and sing again. There's nothing like that. Well, let us deal with corrupt policemen. But good policemen must be encouraged. Okay, Mike, loud and clear there. I don't think we were saying all police. I mean, Temba, that touches to you in a sense. Um, uh, the, the, you are dealing with structural problems. But uh, as, as, as I was asking Kifensi, what is it that as citizens we should continue to do to bring about an end to police brutality in all its forms? I think you raised a very, very important point around uh, putting pressure on the system, putting pressure on systems of accountability to, to work. Um, um, you know, the, the disciplinary system in the police needs to work. It must never rely only on IPED. Mm. Part of the challenge that we, we, we have is that we, we have this huge organization called the SAPS. Yeah. But you've got a small organization called IPED, and, the, and, it's, and it's supposed to play... Um, an oversight role on certain on set, on certain issues. Uh, IP um, relies a great deal on resources from the police. So the in, the, the the level of independence of IP is is always compromised because it lacks institutional capacity to fulfil its its minded its 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 minded. So the the issue of accountability at the level of a, of an individual is very important. Mm. But also we need institutional accountability. The SAPS as an institution needs to be held accountable for, 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 for issues around training, for example, for issues around policy, for, re, for issues around directives. It, where they are lacking, the organization needs to be held accountable. Um, remember, the, um, the responsibility of the police yes. is to protect the right of its citizens. The fact that there are thousands of people in, in, in incarcerated as a result of police action does not then suggest that uh, police then have this cut blanche kind of power that they, they, they begin to start abusing uh, the rights of others. They need to enforce the law, but they need to enforce a law within respecting the rights of, uh, of people. Even people that have been um, committed crimes they need to be respected. I think we need to move away from a culture of seeing police um, as an institution where they can only perform their, their, their policing duties effectively when they use unnecessary power, unnecessary okay. force. Okay. I Tem- think that, that, that mentality needs to, need, need to change within our, in, in our communities. Temba, I hear you loud and clear. Advocate Myla. Okay, that line, Advocate. Uh, Advocate Myla, uh, just as a parting shot, I mean, there's a serious lack of confidence in the training process of police. Is this something that probably uh, needs to be put to the agenda very loudly? I, I do believe that training cannot be left out because it is in the training where a good police officer or the proper policing will be born in the nation. So necessarily... As other caller said, the IP to not be involved in the training to make sure that the product that comes out is a type that will not give them a necessary job of complaint. It's a problem on its own. Mm. So it means that there is no incorporated system that ensures quality in the training of SAPS. I know quite well that the training is a three months. Necessarily, it happens in Hammond's Trial College, which is the township that I come from. Underneath it, right where the police are, there is a den of drug addicts in Amanstral on the bridge. But necessarily nothing is done. What is the practicality of training that is done 
that says we need to produce good police officers in South Africa. Mm. We need to look at the training scope also of the SAPS. Because if ever you are producing 10 police officers and six of them are violating the rights of citizens, only four are good. It means we have to look at the training mechanisms that are there. And I want to believe that in the so-called good policing, we also have to look when is it done? Where is it done? Yeah. Necessarily, this good policing has got underlying of personal or private incentive with it, referring to bribery at most. Mm. Police are not just good if there is nothing in it for them. That's why one caller spoke and said they came heavy-handed in the church because there was no bribery given. Okay. If the church had a good deal... Uh, now, we talk even about the morals and the principles of the majority of the police Advocate, officers. Advocate, that's all we have time for. But let me thank you and uh, Temba and Kifenza for staying on the line with me on this conversation. All right. Thank you very much. No, thank you. you. Uh, Those are our guests on the Extended Thought Council on Police Brutality. What is it that we should be doing as citizens to try and put pressure in the system? Some people uh, are completely agreeing with the idea that IPID perhaps must be a quality assurer in the training of police. While the legislation might not permit it, but that's what uh, advocacy and lobbying is all about. Change the legislation. It can be amended. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.